What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Bobby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. In other news, the Zips losing streak has continued. Just had to be against the electric chickens, didn't it? In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. (laughs) Have you ever tried DMT? (laughs) And of course, the hottest takes. I want Baker Mayfield because he solidifies what Cleveland is. It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? I woke up feeling dangerous. You know, bro. Hard run pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer. To the best of the Akron Zips. Now it's time for SPT. Hello, everyone. You are listening to this January 16th edition of Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murren, and I will be your host for the show today. Now, SBT is in a new era. We said farewell to our old captain, Kyle Molinelli, on last Sunday's show, and we salute him as we now move on to a new era of Sports Power Talk, which... By the way, is still the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. You all heard the new intro at the top of the show, and that is only the beginning of what is coming here at WZIP Sports. But for today, joining me are my analysts, Logan Congrove. What's going on? And Pat Weber. Morning, everyone. All right, we have an amazing show for you all today. We will start with Zips Basketball and an update on the MLB lockout, and we'll also discuss the Cavs and the NBA. Then at 12, we will have one full hour of football for all of you. We'll start off with the college football season coming to an end and finish by discussing and predicting every NFL playoff game this week. As I said, we're going to kick it off with some Akron Zip sports talk. As the basketball team is now 9-5, and five, they went 1-1 one and one over the week with a win against Ball State and unfortunately a loss against Kent State. Whereas our Dan Groen would say the electric chickens. We'll talk about those games. But first, we'll start with a positive note with a win against Ball State. We won 84-74. to 74. What are the biggest takeaways from the Ball State game? I think it showed just how, how much perseverance that team has. That game was probably one of the worst ref games I ever watched in my life. What we pulled through it was a hard-fought physical game, but, I mean, the rest were calling. Anytime someone touched someone, there was there was a whistle. But glad to see we got the win. I'm glad to see we pulled it out. Didn't look like we were going to for a little bit, but we ended up doing what we do best. I think it proves that the Zips have a lot of heart. I think this team has a real chance to make it through the MAC and possibly get to the NCAA tournament if we keep winning. Bold prediction. I think it could be possible. I think this team has a lot of heart. I'd love to see us make a long run in March as well. We are currently sixth in the MAC. Um, but yeah, against Ball State, we won 84-74, to 74, a 10-point win, although it was closer than that going down to the end. I feel like this team, it comes down to that second half. We're not a first-half team at all. The second half is where it gets close, where we really need to rely on guys like 
Enrique Freeman, who are reliable down in the paint, or a guy like Xavier Castaneda, who has really shined in these couple of last games. Uh, Xavier Castaneda in Ball State scored 29 points, had six assists and five rebounds. Any takes on Castaneda and what he's doing for the Zips team? He's a great player. Um, I've been watching him lately as well. You're right. He's a huge breakout star for the Zips. And um, I think he's very passionate about the game he's playing. He's passionate to be a Zip, which is always a good thing. And it's impressive to watch. I think we haven't, other than Lorenzo Christian Jackson, we haven't really had a player that's like elusive to watch like that. And I think that Castaneda could be that guy. I agree with that. He play, He's definitely the hot hand right now. He has been playing out of his mind. And it's awesome to watch because he does. He he loves being out there. You can tell, and hey, he's carrying us right now. So take it. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the biggest problems with the Zips team right now is just consistency, especially on the offensive end. We don't have many guys who we can rely on truly to get that bucket when we need it. But Castaneda has proved that he can do that a little bit. He scored 29 against Ball State, like I said, and he also scored 21 against Kent State. He was our top scorer in both of those games. And as you said, we kind of missed out on that consistent bucket once Lauren Christian Jackson graduated and moved on. I think Castaneda fills those shoes nicely, and he's still young. Over time, he could very well reach that level of output that LCJ did that we all loved. Well, moving on to the Kent State game, it was a 67-55 to loss against our rivals. And also, we lost Greg Trimble down the stretch. He was injured. I think he was going up for a rebound or something like that. And then when he was falling back, he hit a, um, a Kent State player's knee on the back of his head. It didn't look very good. Hopefully, he's okay. We wish him all the best. But Castaneda, like I said, highest scorer. But as a team, we only had six assists the entire game. Ouch. I think that's probably the biggest problem. Um, scored 55, only six assists. I know, Pat, you said we were just shooting threes a lot. What was wrong with the offense in that Kent State game? I just think I just think we were cold from three, honestly. And one thing I don't like that I've noticed what we do is as soon as we go down, we just nonstop try to shoot threes. It's like attack a little bit. And then once you cut in that lead, then maybe start getting the threes going. But don't just start shooting threes all the time. It doesn't doesn't work out very well, and that's what we were doing. And it's a big part of why I think we ended up losing. I agree with Pat. I think they had difficulty making adjustments, and he's right. Every time the Zips get down, they just start shooting threes. And, yeah, I think they just have difficulty making adjustments, especially in that game. Yeah, we need to establish a good game plan. Um, I agree with both of you. It just, I think like the Cavs do this very well, which we'll talk about um, relatively soon. When they are down, they rely on defense. They rely on getting stops and then transitioning that into offense smoothly. I feel like the Zips do the complete opposite. They either crumble on defense or they'll get a stop or two and then immediately shoot a three early in the shot clock to where we're giving the ball right to the opposing team right away. Um, for Kent State, Sincere Carey had the Zips number. He scored 32 points, two assists, and had four rebounds in the game. Scoring 32 of the 67 points for Kent State it was a heck of a performance for Kent State. Unfortunately for the Zips, we couldn't get it done. And I said this prior to the show, but if you told me that Kent State was only going to score 67 points, I would have said that the Zips probably would have won that game. Unfortunately, they only score 55. So that leaves us with a 9-5 and record, and we are 6th in the MAC Conference. Not sure 
how we're going to play this coming week, but we do have some good games coming up. On Tuesday, we play Western Michigan. They're the 12th ranked. They're last in the MAC. And then on Thursday, we play at Bowling Green, who is 11th in the MAC, second to last. And on Saturday, we play Eastern Michigan, who is 8th in the MAC. So we have an easy schedule coming up. Hopefully, we'll get it back on track then. But what improvements can be made out of this team? I think they can definitely improve their game plan, like you said. Um, they can make adjustments in the second half because they're also a second-half team. I agree with you there. Um, I think that they they need to work on, yeah, just digging themselves out of holes. If they get down in a hole, they need to figure out a better game plan to get out of them. Yeah, I agree with that. We're definitely a second-half team because normally whenever we watch basketball, I mean, we're down at halftime, but we make adjustments coming out, and they work. It's just that if it doesn't work like right away, I think, you can see on the players there's a little bit of panic going on. Yeah. I can tell they start like overthinking. They're playing way too fast. Like to slow it down a little bit. That's one thing. Also, stop shooting threes once you go down. Just go for the easy bucket. And also, I think our transition could be a little bit better once we get stops because I've noticed sometimes that everyone's a little like slow. Like they're walking down. It's like, well, get that stop. Just pick it up a little bit in transition. I think that could be a huge improvement. And then just stop shooting all those threes. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it was the January 1st. I think it was New Year's Day when we played Buffalo. Um, We won that game, but in the first half, I literally just turned off the game. It was that bad. Um, Buffalo was having their way with us. They were shooting threes and making them consistently, and we were down by like 15 or so in the first half. I just turned it off. Luckily, we came back, as we said, a second-half team, came back and got the win. I should have had more faith in our zips. But nonetheless, we are a second-half team. We need to figure out how to come out strong. That's number one. Number two, I had just that consistent offense, like we said. Xavier Castaneda can't do all the work. We need some help. Guys like Ali Ali will show up one game and then not show up the next. Um, I know Greg Trimble's injury might hurt a little bit, um, but we'll figure it out. Also, we need to wait. We need to find a way to win on the road. In my opinion, we are. I think it's nine and or seven and one at home. Really, really good. I think our only loss was against Ohio. But on the road, we're one and two. I know one of those losses was against Ohio State, um, but that was only a one lo- or a one point loss. So I think we can tighten those things up and play better on the road. I know Pat, you said it was just the energy levels. Yeah, I think that. I think the reason we play better at home is we draw a student section. We have a crowd there, and it's yeah. more energetic than when you play like an away game, especially at Kent State. I'm not gonna say that it wasn't just the thing. There's definitely an energy level in there too with how packed that uh, arena was. I was watching some of it on TV, and just the energy. It, they looked like they had no energy. I mean, Kent State, they are getting fired up. Their student section was going crazy. Their fans are going crazy. And I mean, the couple fans we had there weren't really doing anything. I think that kind of sucked the life out of us a little bit going in that second half. I think they psych themselves out, too, when they're in away games. I think it's tough to play when we don't have any Sips fans there cheering them on. I think that they, they don't know where to go from there when the energy's in the other direction. Yeah, this team feeds off energy. It's just weird because we're still inexperienced. We're still young. The season's still fresh. I understand why we're having difficulties on the road. It's normal for every team to have difficulties on the road. But I'd like to see us pick that up. Um, Like I said, we play Western Michigan, Bowling Green, and Eastern Michigan coming up. Two of those three games are home. Only Bowling Green is on the road. I know we've had difficulties playing Bowling Green in prior and like last season, but like I said, they have a rough season so far, so hopefully we pick up that win. How do you guys see this week going out with Western Michigan, Bowling Green, and Eastern Michigan? 
Three W's. Those yeah, three, three W's. Definitely. I don't. I think the only somewhat close game we might have might be with Bowling Green. Yes, and that's a maybe. But that's just because it's an away game. That's the only reason I'm saying that. I agree. That, that's it. Yeah, Bowling Green is eight and eight this season. Eastern Michigan is seven and eight, and then Western Michigan is four and twelve, and they're actually on a six-game losing streak. They're four so, and twelve. Yeah, four and twelve. Ooh. Last in the MAC. That, that caught me off guard a little bit. <laughs> Ooh. Well, hope to add to that loss count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That game will be our next game, actually, against Western Michigan on Tuesday at home in the jar. Show up, show out. We know they feed off our energy. Pack the jar. Exactly, exactly. So another change in Akron this week was the logo. Mm. I know we all feel pretty passionately about this, but the Akron Zips no longer are using that Z logo that we all know and love. Instead, they are changing to the script Akron that they've still been using, but now it's going to be their primary logo. How do we feel about this logo change? I'm extremely disappointed. I feel very strongly about this subject. I grew up with the with the Rue head. That one, our group has confirmed, is the best logo we've had in a while. I never thought they should have done away with that one. But then we got the Z. I thought the Z was cool. I liked the Z. And now we're moving again to the script Akron, which is fine. The script Akron's cool, too. But I just don't see it as a primary logo. I see it as more like a word mark. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know why. I feel like it's a Nike thing because I've noticed it with a lot of Nike schools that Nike really likes words as opposed to, like, logos. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm disappointed. It's still a cool logo, but I would have I would have kept the Z. If not, I would have gone back to the Rue head. That one's the best, in my opinion. I agree with that. I don't. I don't like... Okay, it's not that I don't like the script. I just prefer something else. I agree with you, like, having it as a secondary. Because it's not bad, but don't just do scripts. Like, everybody's doing script. I like the Z, and then my favorite, like you said, is definitely the, the Rue head. But I, I, I do agree, because we did just sign with Nike, because we were with Adidas for, a, I think, a while. Um, but Nike does seem to like words a lot instead of, like, just a traditional logo. Yeah, so for the most part, I agree with you guys. I'm just not as passionate about the subject, I guess. Um, I agree that the A logo with the Rue head is the best. It just looks sharp, and I like that. The kangaroo that doesn't look like a friendly kangaroo. It's kind of mean looking a little bit. Yeah, like the I Fear like the Rue that. one? The one I don't, other shirts? Or? Yeah, I actually don't like the Fear you the Rue You don't one. like that? The one where like it cuts off at the eye level, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. I don't like that. One. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of that one. Really, either. it's kind of weird looking. I have a sticker on my car for that. They wore like those. That <laughs> they wore those unis at the Ball State game. Those were cool. The gray ones with the yeah. Rewana. I don't like those. I really? Know. No, not a fan. I think those might be my favorite like jerseys we have. It just looks too cartoony, and it cuts off at the eye level. It just it isn't. Yeah. Me. Wow, I'm it, outnumbered on this one. <laughs> I like it. I, like I said, I have a sticker on my car with it. So, hey, at least you're repping. Hey, at least you're repping it. That's all that matters, but. I'm not a fan of that. I think the A is the best one that we've had. I like the Z. I think it's sharp. I like all the cornered edges or the sharp edges. But the Akron script, I like the Akron script. But I agree with you, Logan, that it shouldn't be our primary logo. I think our uniforms against Kent State looks really good. It had the Akron script. I love those. And it had like that Cavs lettering that had the line through the letters. If you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if it works as a primary logo. Seeing the Akron script like on TV and on clothing and stuff, I re- I really like it. I think it's sharp looking. It's a little bit weird on like the score where it says Akron script mm-hmm. and then right next to it it says Akron. It's a little redundant in my opinion. 
I like it. I think it should be our secondary logo behind something else. But they're moving in the way of making Akron Script our primary. And then are they making the Z the secondary logo? They didn't say anything on it. Yeah. I don't even know if they're like doing away with it altogether or if they're just moving it. Because it's still it's on the floor in the jar. It's the yeah. it's on the floor. So I I'd assume they're not gonna buy a whole new court just to put script Akron on it. Right. And I know those script Akron jerseys that I was talking about against Kent State, I saw the Z logo on like the shorts. So maybe yeah. that's a good sign that it might be coming back. Hopefully, at least it is. At least one of the logos in the past will be coming back. I like um, it. I like it best when we utilize Zippy, too. I like Yeah. Everybody loves Zippy. I yeah. like when we utilize Zippy. Yeah, absolutely. Best mascot in all of college sports. Love Zippy. Absolutely. Well, transitioning from Zips basketball, we have an update on the MLB lockout situation, which is oh so much fun. Apparently, the MLB Players Association and the MLB met on Thursday to discuss potential resolutions to the lockouts, as they always do. And unfortunately, the MLB players' reaction to the MLB's proposal was, quote, not positive. Of course, it wasn't. The season might not even start on time. What are your guys' thoughts on this whole MLB lockout situation and the fact that the MLB still isn't not even giving in but giving any leeway to the players so far? I think they need to definitely hear the players out a little more. I see both I see both ends of the argument. I'm not a huge baseball fan myself, but I do I have been following this and I think both ends need to give a little bit or else we're not going to have a season. Nobody's going to get to watch baseball. I think it's getting to a point where I know a couple weeks ago I said that I would like to have a season even if it was like a shortened season, but it's getting to the point now where I think just do away with the season until you can work something out. Um because if you start late, you start late, but at the same time, you need to hear both sides. But I don't know. I think just get I think just get rid of the season at this point. Just let the lockout run through. Come to an agreement. Take as much time as you need for that. That way, we'll we'll have baseball like next year, but not this year. See, that's why I'm almost disgusted. I think that's a good word. A disgusted from this whole situation, the MLB lockout. The fact that this, the MLB is in a lockout to begin with is ridiculous. And it really trickles down from the owners to the players to the fans. And this whole lockout situation is hurting everybody. The owners aren't going to budge, and the players aren't going to be happy, and then the fans are going to be harmed with it because we're not going to have a season. Either it's going to be delayed or, like you said, Pat, maybe even pushed back a year. So, and really, like, the MLB owners, they're talking about pocket change to them. They're so wealthy that they can't give a little bit more to the players and then it's just it's just all over the place the MLB players deserve more money they're making these owners money the fans want them to be respected want them to make more money it's just pocket change to them and like a state that we're in in the world too pandemic wise so many families are struggling it's not a time to just be debating and arguing over hundreds of thousands of dollars that to one family would mean the world, but to these MLB owners is literally like a penny. And to these players, it would mean a lot. And to fans, it would mean a lot because we would get a season. And that's what all of us want is just a season to be played on time, late March, early April. Let's play some baseball. Guardians still haven't released their jerseys because of it. Players are not, are still on social media with blank profile pictures. It's all over the place. Do we have any final thoughts on this MLB lockout situation because I just want a season at least start this season maybe not on time because it's not looking like it'll start on time 
but I just want a season this year, please. Let's get it done, man. These players are out there. They're giving you your, their hearts, their souls, all their time. for. And the baseball season is long, if we're being honest. They give everything to these teams. And you're right. It's pocket change to these owners. Just, just give them a little bit more because they give you a lot to just sit up in your loge and watch games. I agree. Definitely give the players some more love. They deserve it. They they go out there for, it was like 182 games or something. Yeah. Yep. They just go at it for such a long time, and they definitely deserve it. And I agree with what you said. It's disgusting, truly, that this is even happening. Yep. It just blows my mind that the owners are this upset over a little bit of, like you said, like pocket change for them. Like, yep. it's nothing for them, but. I feel like these MLB owners just need to... Respect their players a little bit more. Give them what they deserve. It's a long season. I know that, like, shortened seasons might be more entertaining. I know the the COVID season, that was only 60 games. Every game mattered, and I loved that season. It was very entertaining, but it just wasn't the same as a full summer-long season of baseball. And I know the MLB isn't necessarily dying, but the fans are becoming few and far between at least. The worst thing you can do is be in lockout and not have the season start on time. You're not going to gain fans that way. They already have marketing issues. People don't even know who Shohei Otani is, and he might be the biggest star in the entire MLB. So please, market right. Rob Manfred, I I can't with Rob Manfred. He's even <laughs> worse than, uh, than the NFL's commissioner. But Rob Manfred, just do the right thing. I mean, I think they're trying to, like divert the issue too. I think they're bringing up in these meetings yes. things like the universal DH and some other things that they want to change or get rid of when the bigger issues are like economic issues in the MLB. I feel like they're just diverting that and that's why the MLB players reaction was not positive and it's going to continue to be that way. Who knows when they're going to meet next? Who knows if the season is going to actually start on time but I really want to see a Cleveland Guardians season start on time Start at Progressive Field. I'm excited about the Guardians name change. I'm excited to see what they have, but we'll see if it happens on time. All right, with that, we will go to our own Dan Groen for his power play, and we will be back with segment number two for Cavs and NBA Talk. We'll be right back on 88.1 WZIP. Sports Power Talk presents the Power Play. The Columbus Blue Jackets defeated the Carolina Hurricanes in a much-needed win last Thursday by shutting out the Canes 6 to nothing. Elvis Merzlikens registered 31 saves, while rookie Igor Chinikov tallied two goals in his best performance of his young NHL career. The win put the Jackets back up to a 500 record, and they need to start winning games like this consistently if they want to get back in playoff contention. Also this week, the NHL All-Star votes are in. Blue Jackets are represented by defenseman Zach Wierenski, while Jacob Voracek, who leads the league in primary assists, made the last man in ballot. Around the league, there were many notable snubs from the all-star rosters, including Sidney Crosby, Artemi Panarin, Brad Marchand, and several others. Whether this is because of significant time missed due to injury, as is Crosby's case, or because of the non-traditional three-on-three format, it just goes to show how much up-and-coming talent there is around the league. The All-Star Game will take place on February 5th, and the season will resume right after, as the NHL will not be participating in the Beijing Winter Olympics. This has been the Power Play with Dan Groen. We'll be right back with more Sports Power Talk. 
What's going on, everybody? We are back with Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murrin. I am your host for today's show, and joining me is Pat Weber. Morning. And Logan Congrove. In the flesh. And Logan, we had some breaking news in our first segment. Why don't you spill it right now? So we got a little Woj bomb. Kevin Durant's MRI revealed that his sprain, he has a sprain in his left MCL, and they're saying he could return in four to six weeks minimum. That's pretty big for the Nets. Yeah, and with Kyrie only available on the road, James Harden is going to have to do a lot of hard work, which if he gets injured (laughs) doing a lot of hard work, then who knows what the future is going to hold for the Nets. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on with our contenders for the NBA Finals. But first, I want to dive into the Cavs. They had a big week. I know they suffered a loss at the hands of the Warriors last Sunday. But since then, they've gone on a four-game winning streak. But also, they're winning in another way in the front office. GM Kobe Altman has been extended through the 2027 and 28 season. This means a lot to this team. This means a lot to the fan base as well. What do you guys make of this extension for Colby Altman and the Cavs? Well-deserved. Well-deserved. I agree. I love Kobe Altman. Honestly, in the beginning, when we were rebuilding, I did not. I was not a Kobe Altman fan. For a while, I I was one of the people that was saying, fire Kobe Altman. He's not doing anything. He's not helping us. But this season has proved that all of that frustration of what he was trying to build was worth it. And now he gets the extension that he definitely deserves. And I liked his most recent hiring of Calderon, too. I think that'll be good in the front office. I agree. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I agree. And the biggest thing that this move means for me is, like, the head coach, J.B. Bickerstaff, was extended just a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago. He was extended through the 26 and 27 season. And now we have Kobe Altman on board for a couple of years, too. This is the much-needed stability that the Cavs need and have not had since Le- the LeBron days. We haven't had much success without LeBron for the Cavs for years since I've been alive, probably. So now we have the young players on the court that are making a huge difference. And now we know that we not only have the right guys in the office, but they're going to stick around for many years to come. Yet alone Colby Altman's skills of fleecing trades, making great draft picks and all that. So very excited for the future of the Cavs. I know we're in great hands with Colby Altman and JB Bickerstaff running the team. And also we have great hands on the floor with Darius Garland. I want to talk about Darius Garland so much. He needs to be an all-star on, I'm not sure what night it was, but against the Jazz, he joined LeBron James as the only Cavalier over the past 25 seasons to record a triple-double through three quarters. He had a triple-double in three quarters the other night against Utah, and Utah's a good team in in the West, too. It's not like a Thunder like we played last night who are last in the East. It's a good competitive team in the West, and he got a triple-double in three quarters. What do you guys make of that performance and all of Darius Garland's performances since? So impressive. He's improved so much, especially with the injuries he started off with early in his career, and I think he's such a big player on this team. The Cavs, you're right, the Cavs needed someone like that to come in and make plays and make a difference in the team chemistry, make a difference on the floor, and he should absolutely 100% be an all-star. He should be an all-star. I, I didn't know how the season was going to go when Colin Sexton got hurt, but Darius Garland stepped up big, and he deserves to be an all-star. If he's not, I am going to be very upset, and I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to call the NBA commissioner and 
I'm going to fight him. Hot take. I think Darius Garland makes Colin Sexton expendable at some point. Oh. I, mm, I can see how that's a hot take, and I think it would make a lot of people upset. But in my opinion, I kind of agree with you. I, I, if we if we got the right deal, I wouldn't give him up for like chump change or anything. I would. It would have to be, it would have to be a pretty valued return to get rid of him. Yeah, and and look before we get all the Colin Sexton lovers against us here. <laughs> I love Colin Sexton. He does a great job on the floor. He's a great player for the Cavs, and he has been. He's been like that guy leading the comeback with the Cavs post LeBron era. But we are seeing right now on the floor. Without Colin Sexton, this team can be very successful. We have the bigs in Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley for the future. We have the role players like Jetty Osman and now Rajon Rondo. And Darius Garland just complements his team so well that if you can get another piece in that starting lineup or even some backups too, just more depth in the lineup for Colin Sexton, I wouldn't be opposed to it if it was the right deal. I agree with that 100%. Yep, so for Darius Garland, like I said, he had that first career triple-double against the Jazz. He scored 11 points, had 14 assists, and 10 rebounds. He wasn't shooting the ball well, but he did everything else right. He's playing at a next level, and that's what Donovan Mitchell had to say post-game. Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz player, said, quote, Darius Garland should be in the All-Star game. Even not shooting the ball well, you saw the impact he had. What he's doing is next level, end quote. So, like I said, 11 points, 14 assists, 10 rebounds. A great night for Darius Garland. And what does he do? He does the same exact thing last night against the Thunder. Didn't have a triple-double, but he scored 27 points, had the hot hand, and he also had a career high in assists with 18. Wow. That's that's incredible. He's... Give that. Put him in the All-Star game. Give, please, give him what please. he deserves. Especially with him what he now with Zach Levine being injured, that's even if it was a question before, now it shouldn't be. Now he should absolutely be I'm in the All-Star really game. Hot take. I think Darius Brown's better than uh, Zach Levine. I think so, too. I Because Zach Levine, I haven't really heard his name too much here, but DeMar DeRozan has been on fire for the Bulls. But still, you know, I had when Zach Levine's name was flying around the past couple of seasons and just nothing. Like, I know, like, he got hurt, but still, even when he was healthy, didn't hear much from him. Darius Garland, I think he's a lot better, and he deserves it more than Zach Levine. I agree that this year, Darius Garland deserves the all-star nod over Zach Levine, but I think Zach Levine is just a little bit more, like, a dynamic, I guess. Um, He has many different ways he can score the ball. I know he was a dunk contest champion for two years in a row. Even though Aaron Gordon should have won that, but yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> contest is rigged. We all we all know that. But yeah, that's it's a good comparison. I think they're probably on the same level. Like Donovan Mitchell said, they're both playing on the next level, um, which is really important. It's been key to the Cavs' success. But we're all in agreement he needs to be in the All Star game. Even Cavs players like Kevin Love and others are posting on Twitter that he deserves to be in the All Star game, and he is, I believe. Ninth, Yeah, he's the ninth guard in the East um, in all-star voting. So right now he would make it, I believe. But Kyrie Irving, who has no. not played many games, Hold on. is a voting for Kyrie. He, he Kyrie, Irving that had, game. Kyrie Irving has more all-star votes why? than Darius Garland. Why? That's, why is that a... That's no. Nah, no. Nah. <laughs> nah. Oh, that is so bad. Nah. That is, that is horrible. That is... No. Just no. 
So, I mean, come on, man. It's in Cleveland. We have to have a we have to have a Cavalier in the All Star game. It's in Cleveland. Yeah, you get two. Yeah, we know Jared, Jared Allen's gonna be Jared Allen. All-Star. Jared Allen will make it. We all know that. Yeah, Jared Allen but. should be a lock for the All Star game. But when it comes to like Kyrie Irving, I mean, I have all the love for Kyrie Irving in the world. I don't. I don't like the, what's happened lately with like the whole flat Earth and like everything else going on <laughs> with Kyrie Irving. I kind of just try, try like tune that out. And just remember the 2016 days where he Fair. made that shot. And man, even on that team, Kyrie Irving was my favorite player over LeBron James. I agree. I love watching Kyrie. Kyrie, man, he's a great player. I mean, sure, he deserves to be in the All Star game, I guess, just because he has the talent. It'll show up and he'll play well if he can show up. I don't, I don't if he plays him. in Cleveland, dude's played in Cleveland like once since yeah. he left. <laughs> yeah, and that'd be that'd be fun in front of our fans. And LeBron will pick him. Game. If LeBron's a captain, LeBron will pick him. Right. That, that'd yeah. be interesting to see. Okay. Now I want Kyrie Irving to make the All-Star game. I would. Can you know. imagine LeBron James <laughs> and Kyrie Irving on the same All-Star team in Cleveland? Mm. Kind of. And then chills. Steph Curry is probably going to be the captain for the other team. Imagine he, oh. if he like, drafts a Clay Thompson if he makes the All-Star game. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Man, now, now it's gonna be thinking. I mean, at that point, you might as well just say, "And hey, why not throw Iguodala and Kevin Love out there?" I mean, three yeah. on three. <laughs> if it's gonna be over Darius Garland, no, I don't care like, enough. Not at the but, expense of Darius yeah, Garland. But I'll if if Darius Garland is gonna get in, and we can also slip Kyrie in there, imagine if LeBron picks Kyrie and Darius Garland. Ooh, I'd love to see that Ooh. too. I, I just want to see like Darius Garland showtime with LeBron James. See what could be potentially in the future. Okay, that's. I, I'm going <laughs> to be honest topic. here. I don't think. Le, I don't think if LeBron came back, it would it would work out at all. I don't either. I'm just kidding. I just I, think I'm, it'd I'm, be just funny. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just. It would not work. I don't. I just don't see it happening. It could, but I. Mm. He. I saw a thing on Twitter. Just getting off topic a little bit, so I apologize. But I saw a thing that. If LeBron were to leave the Lakers at any point, it would only be to a team that he is going to end up purchasing as the owner. That way, he can play, and then he can work with the owners and stick around. So he's going to do what Jordan did with the Wizards, basically. Yes. I feel like if he bought out a team, though, it would have to be the Cavs. Like, it it would be his home team. I could see... I don't see it happening. I don't see him... Playing another game as a Cavalier. I see LeBron James finishing his career in L.A. But the one thing that I could potentially see happening is him wanting to play with his son. And if his son doesn't end up in L.A., that would be the team he would go to. I could see that. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. But that would kind of... Can you imagine if he went to, like, the Magic or something? <laughs> How bad that would hurt LeBron? Oh. oh. I'm just saying, that's, that's that would be kind of rough. Didn't he say one time, I'm not going to the Magic? Yeah, but imagine if it happened, though. My thing is, like... Just toying with that thought. If LeBron James goes to any team, he automatically elevates it. Like, he is the GOAT or either number two of basketball ever. If he goes to any team, whether that be the Magic or... Oh, man, I don't even know. Any team with a subpar record, like the Thunder last night that we played. If he goes to that team, they're automatically uplifted, in my opinion. And they can make a run. I don't care if it's playing. I don't care if it's number one seed. He can make a run. At this age, I don't know because he's getting up there. 
But I disagree with the idea of if he were to come back to Cleveland, that it would disrupt the lineup or it would disrupt what we have going. Why do you guys think that putting LeBron into the current Cavs team, into the current lineup, would disrupt what we have going? It throws everything off because this team that we have right now just moves so well together. Like, nobody demands the ball at all times. Like, it's so fluid. You put LeBron in there, that's a guy that demands the ball a lot. I think that would disrupt everything we have going on. LeBron demands the ball, and he also demands control of the team. Not only, like, on the floor, but off the floor. If you're if you're not playing good or LeBron wants one of his 40-year-old buddies to come play on the Cavs, you're gone. You're gone. doesn't matter who you are. The one thing you don't want to do is make the GM mad. No. Or you're getting latrated. <laughs> the GM, who is with the Cavs from the 2027 to the 28 season, love that. But I just don't see it happening. I think he's at a stage in his career, or at least like in the next couple of years, to where he'll be, he'll be more like humble or respectable about lineups. I mean, if he's for the Lakers, he'll definitely try and construct his own lineup, construct the best lineup possible that he thinks can win a championship. I think, like, of course, he has that mentality of. Oh, if you're just a 20-year-old who doesn't have many skills, buy with you. Give me the 40-year-old veteran who can make some plays and I can rely on. Sure, but if he goes to a team like the Cavs, he recognizes the young talent, I feel like. He would recognize that Mobley and Allen are key pieces to this team. Love coming off the bench. He'd love that. I, I could see it happening to where the team would be very successful. And him and Darius Garland on the same team would just be amazing. And Colin Sexton, too. People also forget, too, that LeBron did not go to L.A. just as a basketball decision. He went there as a business decision because he has all his his media companies. He has his I Promise Foundation. There's a lot more to it than just basketball, and I think he looked towards the future by joining the Lakers. Yeah. You're not wrong there. I just... I don't see his career ending in Cleveland, but I wish it could. I I, see his career ending in L.A., but I think it would just be like that fairy tale ending to one of the best NBA careers of all time if you were to come back to Cleveland. Whether he wins a championship again with us or not, he could sign like a a one day and retire. Those are a little... eh. I like Not the same, but he might. I like the one day contract idea because it's like sentimental for the player, but then we all forget about it the very next day. Right. Like... Jim Tomey signed a one-day deal with the Indians to retire as an Indian, like, on the record. But at the same time, like, we don't remember him retiring as a Cleveland Indian. Right. We don't. I like the idea for the sentiment for the uh, player and family and for the fans that are, like, there in attendance or for that week. But then after that's kind of an afterthought. I could see it happening with LeBron. It would feel good because he could be there like Paul Pierce was at like the Boston game for his jersey. be the same thing. It would be nice, but I, I don't know if it would mean the same if you were to actually play another game on the court with the young guys that we have now. I'd love to see it happen. Never forget when the Cavs destroyed Paul Pierce's jersey retirement. Oh, yeah, that, that's kind of why I brought that up. <laughs> I loved it. And they were like flipping water bottles on the other side. <laughs> see, LeBron, you had a great time in Cleveland. Are you having a great time down in L.A.? <laughs> I don't Doubtful. think so. Doubtful. I don't think so. Come back to Cleveland, win us another championship, or don't. Just have a good time. I mean, I'm not really too picky about the Cavs. I don't know if you guys are, but I'd love to see it happen. Love to see it happen. So for the All-Star Game, we've referenced it a lot. It is in Cleveland. We're getting a lot of recognition for this. Steph Curry is currently number one 
in all-star voting. Do we like that he's number one, or do we think that a different player should be number one? I think he deserves to be number one for what he's done this year. I mean, you broke the three-point record. You're playing at an MVP level. He deserves it. He broke a record that nobody thought was going to be broken for a long time. And he said it best in one of his interviews. He said, every three-point shot that I hit from now on is a new record until the end of my career. I think he deserves it. I think he's playing well. And I think Clay Thompson's going to elevate him even more than he is already. But yeah, I definitely agree. I think he deserves to be number one in voting. Yeah, it's truly amazing what he's done, not only this year, but throughout his career. And just thinking about, like, every shot he makes is a new record. That's pretty amazing. Definitely deserves that number one spot. Um, if you guys don't know, try and guess who number two in the voting is. If you guys don't already know. DeRozan. You think DeMar DeRozan's number two? I do. I'm going to say Kevin Durant. Like, are we doing, like, just overall? Overall. Yeah, like overall. Kevin Durant. It is LeBron James. That we were just talking what? about. LeBron James is number mm. two in all-star voting. Mm. Okay, I understand it. I get it. I, I, I understand it. He is carrying his team. The backboard's going to need therapy from Russell Westbrook pretty soon. The amount of times he smacks the ball up against it. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest. I I think Russell Westbrook might be traded. I'm, I would think he might. Hear, think he might. Hear me out. This is the most improbable but easy trade that should be done. Trade Russell Westbrook to Brooklyn. Put him back with Harden and KD. Send Kyrie to the Lakers. Kyrie can play full-time, and then the Nets also get a full-time point guard and without having to Kyrie pay a fine. Kyrie and LeBron are back together. Yes. You got the OKC. But I like that. It's, such, I like it's that. such a connected trade. It'll never happen, but... Could you imagine if it did? Like, we get a thing right now, and it's like, what just happened? I'd love to see it. <laughs> Both teams would win in that department. It I makes agree. too much sense, so it's not going to happen. Right. You never know, though. Like... Isn't there a beef between Kyrie Irving and LeBron James now? There was. I don't know if there still is or not. They probably squashed it. I think they're two grown men. They can get over things like that. But, yeah, I'd love to see Kyrie and LeBron run it back, whether it be in Cleveland or um, in L.A. I know it would not happen in Cleveland, but in L.A., that'd be great, too. And then that dynamic three from OKC could do some things for the Nets, too. So I definitely agree with you. It makes sense. And that's why LeBron's number two in all-star voting. Number three, I'll give you guys another guess for number three. Giannis. Kevin Durant. Pat, you got it. Is Kevin hey. Durant, which I guess he's we'll not going to be able to. about that, yeah. Yeah, I guess he's not going to be able to <laughs> Feels play. Bad, so. If he's not able to play, will he still get, like, the all-star nod? He's or? still considered an all-star, but I don't think, I think they, like, pick a sub. Pick a yeah. sub for him. Isn't that what happened with uh, Devin Booker yes. last year when he got hurt? Yeah. That's what uh, Mike Conley got hurt. Warren Dragic was an all-star. How did that happen? Sub. Um, I don't think he should. No, I'm a Heat fan, and he should not have been playing in that game. He shouldn't have been in there. (laughs) Well, Steph Curry, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant lead the all-star voting right now. Darius Garland is the ninth guard in the East, and Jared Allen is the sixth front court in the East. But there's like a 600,000 vote difference between him and the number five. The guy right in front of him. There's like 600,000 vote difference between him and that guy. Who's in front of him? I don't know off the top of my head, but one through five has so many votes, and then six down the rest of the list doesn't have that many at all. It's it's kind of weird, but Jared Allen definitely deserves the recognition. 
And I just found out um, he's number six. Jimmy Butler is number five ahead of him. Okay. As a Heat fan, do you think he deserves 600,000 more votes than Jared Allen? Mm, no. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Butler is very valuable to his team, but uh, to our team. I, I don't know why I said their team. I'm a Heat fan. But I, I just think Jared Allen is more valuable to his team right now. And Jared Allen deserves to be in. Wasn't Jimmy Butler hurt for like the first yes, month or two? Yes, that's, that's why I'm saying that Jared Allen is more valuable because Jimmy Butler was out for a while and we played fine without him. So I, I don't think the Cavs play as fine if Jared Allen were to get hurt. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. For the front court for the East, this is the order. It's Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, number two, Joel Embiid at number three, Jason Tatum, number four, then Jimmy Butler and Jared Allen at five and six. I think Jared Allen could easily go up probably to number four. I know Jason Tatum has been playing very well, but like Jared Allen has been out of his mind. He's probably the best yes. center in the East, at least. In my opinion, at least. I don't know if there's any better centers in the East. In the East, I put him like two. Two? Who's number one? Joel Embiid. I, still, I just got to give it to Ooh. Embiid. He's so good. Maybe because Joel Embiid can also shoot from deep, too, every once in a while. Yeah. Plus, the 76ers are coming back strong right now. Right. They are on a winning streak, and they, they're coming back, and they're actually ahead of us in the Eastern Conference. The Cavs are number six. The Sixers are number five, and the Sixers are on... A two-game winning streak, but they're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. So, obviously, Joel Embiid making a big difference there. But I still think he deserves... I guess he wouldn't start for the Eastern uh, team. Well, I guess they're drafting now. Shoot. I don't know. He'll probably be the backup center on one of the teams, so I'd say. Quick little sidebar. Speaking of Devin Booker, my friend Matt asked me to mention this. Did you guys see the rap, the beef with the Raptors <laughs> mascot? That was oh. hilarious. He really went up to the ref and said, that dude, that dude, he's bothering me. Get him off. And they sent him <laughs> to the corner. I think it's funny, like, the jokes that came out of it. Like, they made it their profile <laughs> picture on Twitter. Um, that big inflate. It wasn't even like the regular Raptor. It was that big inflatable Raptor that just walks around the arena. It's giant. <laughs> For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, when uh, Devin Booker was shooting a free throw against the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Raptors mascot, who was that big dinosaur raptor figure, was making a lot of gestures trying to distract <laughs> Devin Booker. And Devin Booker obviously had that reaction, um, saying he was distracting him, and Booker missed the shot. And now it's a whole joke on social media and on Twitter. And now a picture of that mascot is now Devin Booker's Twitter picture, <laughs> and the raptors are going all over it on social media, too. He said he squashed the beef with the mascot. He said he talked yeah. to him. I kind of like it. It kind of reminds me of, like, a Robin Lopez type of thing. <laughs> it's I like hilarious. It. I, I like it, it, dude. It's so funny. It's a little mid-season comedy that we need out of the NBA. I like it. So, like I said earlier, for the Cavs, we dropped a game last Sunday against the Warriors, which featured the return of Klay Thompson into the NBA world. Now, it poses the question, does Clay make the Warriors the team to beat, not only in the West, but in the entire NBA? Once he's acclimated to the team more, like, I say acclimated like he hasn't been playing there a while, which, speaking of that, Jordan Poole made a comment last night that Clay needs to get acclimated to the way we play. What do you mean? Like, Clay Thompson's been with the team longer than you've been out of high school. So, I mean, I, I just thought it was funny, but... 
I think that he needs to he's been out two years, so he'll he'll need to get he is right. He will need to get a little bit more acclimated. And then once he's like back into his rhythm and back into like his form of Steph Curry, I do think that that makes the Warriors the yeah. team to beat. I don't think it's being acclimated to the team and like the way they play. I think it's just being acclimated to the game of basketball in general. Right. Like you said, out two years, he just needs to get some time in the game, get some minutes in on him, and then he'll be just fine. Pat, any thoughts on Clay Thompson's return with the Warriors? I think he makes the Warriors a lot better. I think Jordan Poole's comment, just a little off topic, I think he's just kind of mad. But to be fair, Jordan Poole's been playing very well recently. So I kind of get it. But at the same time, Clay Thompson is Clay Thompson. And Andrew Wiggins has also been, like, surprising everyone this year, too. And Higgins, Wiggins of Andrew. <laughs> I love the flight reaction. I, I love that. But... I think the Warriors are the team to beat. Once Clay gets back in the groove of things, the Warriors are going to be deadly again. So you would say yes, that the Warriors oh, yeah. are the team to beat in the NBA. Oh, yeah. With once, once Clay gets used to playing again. Yeah. What about you, Logan? Yes or no? Do, does Clay make the Warriors the team to beat? Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, once he starts feeling himself again, starts feeling like, okay, my, my body's good, my body can do this, he's going to be lights out Clay Thompson that we know, and it's going to make the Warriors pretty unstoppable if they aren't already. So if I were to answer the question right now, I would probably say no. It's just because there's so many other contenders in the NBA right now that I think can give the Warriors a run for their money. Miami Heat. I don't, I don't think so. Winning the, winning the chip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Nico. We're winning the chip. Off topic, I did see Kawhi Leonard. This is completely off topic. I just remember this. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is apparently expected to make his return. In about a month or two. There's I'm really happy about that. That's, that's my boy. The claw. I love Back Kyle in LA. Oh, the Clippers are so bad, though. They're just really bad without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It's yeah. just sad. I don't think I could name, like, a handful of players off that team. I can't either. Terrence a man. I only know him because he absolutely killed the Jazz. Yeah. He balled out last year in the playoffs, too. And now he's doing nothing. <laughs> it's just, ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when you lose your top two stars. I mean... The Cavs have lost Colin Sexton, but what if we lose, like, Darius Garland or Jared Allen yeah, tomorrow? I mean, Ricky what Rubio, does that do for us? Yeah, and then you know? Ricky Rubio getting hurt, too. Right. But That's I do big. Think, I do think the Rondo trade was very good. Yeah, I think it'll pay off in the long run. And, like, Darius Garland has such good mentors around him. Like, Ricky Rubio's not playing, but he's still going to be on, like, the sideline. He's still going to be mentoring him through the whole season. And same with Rajon Rondo. And he just had so many good basketball minds to pick from. It's just going to make him better, which if he gets better, it's going to be scary for other teams in the NBA. Oh, yeah. But as I said, there are other contenders than just the Golden State Warriors right now in the NBA. If you could handpick four other NBA contenders for the finals trophy, who would you guys pick? I would go with, I, I think the Nets are always in it. If if Kevin Durant comes back healthy, the Nets, yeah. I would say the Grizzlies, in my opinion. I think Ja Morant is, he's lights out. I think he's the best point guard in the league next to Steph Curry right now. I think the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat are a contender. You guys can fight me on it. The Miami Heat are a contender. Going to be a homer for this one? You'll see. And I would say, honestly, I would throw in... I would throw in the Dallas Mavericks with Luka. Okay. So, I thought there were three teams that were, like, a lock for other contenders. 
and you only mentioned one of them. Mm. I thought the three of us were going to say the three same teams, and then the fourth one would have been up in the air. So I'm interested to see what Pat has to say, and then I'll give mine, and I'll say what my three locks were at least and see if you guys agree with me. But go ahead and take I it away, think Pat. the Chicago Bulls 100% are contenders. Um, I'm also going to go with the Jazz, if they can maintain some of the success they've been having. Um, I'll put the Cavs up there, too. I will. I think they can pull it off. I, I, I think it can happen. And last team... I, I like the Grizzlies pick. I really do. John Moran is a freak of nature. He is so good. So, I think the Cavs can make, like, a Hawks run last year. Like, make it deep and give teams a run for their money. But I don't think they're established enough. And I think they're too young to really make an NBA Finals appearance. That's just my opinion. My three locks, at least, were... One, the Nets. So I agree with you, Logan. The Nets will always be in it. But Katie's injury is something to look at. If James Harden is going to be overloaded at the end of the season, that's something to look at as well. I think the Nets are still going to be in the mix. Then I have the Bucks as one of my locks. You can't count them out. I think they're one of the most experienced teams in the East, and that can go a long way as well. And then my other lock was the Phoenix Suns. They're playing out of their mind. They're number one in the Western Conference in front of the Golden State Warriors. They're 32-9. and nine. They haven't even lost wow. 10 games yet. So I have the Suns as a lock as well. I thought we were all going to say Suns, Bucks, Nets. But I guess I was completely off there. <laughs> and then my fourth team were or was the Memphis Grizzlies. I thought the Grizzlies were going to be there too. So I'm happy we at least all had them. Like we said, John Morant is playing out of his mind. I agree. He's probably the second best point guard in the league right now behind Steph Definitely. Curry. Definitely. I'm going to be excited to see how he plays in Cleveland because we know he's going to be an all-star and uh, see what he can do in the all-star game, too. Very exciting there. Heat culture. Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year. You'll all see. The Heat fandom coming out of this guy. <laughs> I man. love the Heat. I love the Heat. All right. I, well, I respect it, though. I respect it. I respect it. I like the hardcore fandom, but, like... I've liked them since Mario Chalmers wore number six. Shaq was playing there. And I I am the biggest D-Wade fan of all time. At least you stayed with them. That's all I got to say. Did you like when D-Wade joined the Cavs? I did because I'm also a Cavs fan because it's my hometown. But it was weird. It was very weird. I bought his jersey, though. I do have a number nine Cavs D-Wade jersey. Dean Wade or? (laughs) So that'll do it for us with Basketball Talk. We will be back, and we will switch gears to all things football, starting with college football, and then we will finish with everything NFL, including the Browns' disappointing end to their season. We will be back with SBT on 88.1 WZIP. What's going on, everybody? We are back with Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. My name is Jake Murren. I will be your host for today's show, and joining me is Pat Weber. The zips are going to the natty. And Logan Congrove. Flight team stand up. There we go. <laughs> Dude, I'm loving the flight reacts right now. I love it. I love the energy in the studio right now. I feel it from you guys. I love it. We're moving to football for the last hour of Sports Power Talk. Just wrapped up our Cavs and NBA talk. Let's go into college football. The season has come to an end. And it featured the Georgia Bulldogs beating Alabama 33-18 to in the college football national championship game. 
I don't know if you guys are on the same page as I am, but when Alabama loses, everybody wins. I agree. I agree. That, okay. that game made me so Thank happy. It, I was so happy. I was so happy, too. Oh. What does Nick Saban need? Why does he need more championships? Why does he need more? Exactly. As much as I want to dislike Nick Saban, though, I really respected his post-game interview with Bryce Young and Will Anderson. I when, did not see it. So... The reporters were like, talk, they were kind of talking down on their play and saying like, oh, Alabama didn't do this. Oh, you didn't do this. Why didn't you do this? And they, the interview was over and Bryson Will got up and Saban put his arms out and sat, he said, sit down. And he was like, I don't want to hear any slander on these two. These two are the, the reason that we're here at all. And okay. he was like, I respect them both so much as individuals and players. He was like, I don't, I don't want to hear slander on them ever again. I respect that. That is, that is mad respect. I think Nick Saban is an incredible guy even a better coach, and I love what he did there. I just don't want to see him win another ring. He's also I, an electric chicken. He, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I actually that didn't make, know that, that. That makes my hate like for him a lot worse. I now. didn't know that. He is an electric chicken. I changed my mind. He is not a good guy. <laughs> he went to, I'm, I'm kidding. I do have to say one thing. I think it goes along with the whole, like, you hate greatness type of thing because he's just won so many times. Absolutely. So just don't like him. That's like, why, <laughs> like, last night when the Patriots lost, which we'll get to, Patriots lose, everybody wins. Tom Brady yes. loses, everybody wins. That's why everybody doesn't like Bill Belichick sometimes. I really don't. Or like people him. get old of, like, the Golden State Warriors when they went on their run. Or LeBron James winning it. Or making the finals at least over and over again. It's the same thing. People I, do hate greatness. I honestly feel like the Warriors and Patriots are like the same thing. They had one bad year, and then they're just they're back in it. And I I don't like it. I think to a lesser extent because I don't think like the Warriors are the Warriors are way more talented this year than the pa- the Pats were this year. In my opinion, like and the Warriors can still easily win the NBA Finals this year. You know, the Patriots still made the playoffs. I know, but there was no time. The playoffs, there was no time this season where I legitimately thought the Patriots could win the Super Bowl. When they went on that long win streak, I thought maybe, but then I was like, Mac Jones is still a rookie. That's going to show. Yeah, and it did. Oh, it showed. Yeah, <laughs> with, well, what a rough. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But with Nick Saban, I don't like that he's an electric chicken, but I do respect the man. And yeah, we ju- we just hate greatness. That's all it is. But Georgia is the greatness this year. I just loved everything that I've seen out of Georgia this entire year. I thought Georgia was going to win this game when it came around to it. I was listening to SBT that week, and everybody guessed Alabama. And I was sitting at home thinking Georgia was going to win. I-, I think Alabama is just like that safe pick because 99% of the time, they're probably going to win. Plus, Bama killed Georgia earlier in the season, so... That's why I was, like, fluctuating. I was like, I think I got to give it to Bama. And then Georgia took off. All the Bama lovers cop out to is going to be no Jamison Williams. But I don't think that really – if you are a sufficient college program, you have all kinds of those five-star recruits. I don't really think – it's not like the NFL where if you lose your star receiver, you're kind of – you're in trouble. In in college, the dude right behind him is just as good, if not better. So I don't really see that as much of an excuse for them losing. And a prime example is Ohio State. Yes. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson sat out of the Rose Bowl, and you saw Jackson Smith and Ajigba go insane in the Rose Bowl. And also Marvin Harrison Jr., I think he caught like three touchdowns that game. Too. He did. Yeah. yeah. Had an insane game. So the, like you said, the guy right behind that other wide receiver, just as talented, if not more. And honestly, Bryce Young just did not have a Heisman candidate type of game. I don't think he did. He threw 57 passes. They never really could establish the run. And he had two interceptions, including 
that late critical pick six to pretty much seal the deal and give Georgia that was awesome. That Watching points. that play, it was awesome. Yeah. As Maybe. Alabama hearts were sunken, we were all happy. Oh, yeah. Although I will say, after that post-game interview, I didn't like what Georgia's quarterback said. I did not like it. He called himself the best quarterback in college football. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. I think are. he was just riding. Uh, I, I, was, I, was, I, was look, I was like, I did. I, was I don't like, know, know about that. I think he was just riding the high. Probably. I think he was, but I'm over here like, I don't. I was like, 90% of people that watch college football don't know who you are. Like, no offense. Yeah. Like, congratulations, you won. You were a walk-on to Georgia. Sure. And you just won the natty. But don't call yourself the best quarterback in college football. Georgia was there, and they won it because of their defense. Yeah. The entire season, it was their defense. And defense wins championships. They gave up 18 to Alabama in the national championship game. That's incredible. They That's held Bryce Young, the Heisman winner, to and they intercepted him twice. Pick six. Sealed the deal. He Wait. shouldn't have won the Heisman. DJ Iron should have won that Heisman. The, uh, DJ or the Heisman. The Akron Athletic Director, Charles Guthrie, was there at the game. And I just wanted to say, next year, he, he won't be there as a fan. He's going to be on the field wearing a field pass when the Zips win. So, Charles, yes. Charles, if you're listening, Coach Moorhead, if you're listening, we'll see you there next year. Take us to the yes. promised land. Give it to me. Oh, Zips. Hot take now. We're, we're at least going to a bowl game, like, without a doubt. See, we're doing it. We're, we're doing it. We're talking national championships, and so now you think... No, I know, I'm saying I'm saying we're going to a bowl game no, at least. You're going national to the championship. national championship. Yeah, like, at very worst, we're going to a bowl game. A bowl game isn't enough, Pat. We're going to the Natty. We're, we're going to beat Alabama. So we're gonna beat, that's the energy yeah. I need. We're beating Bama. We're going to we're gonna beat Kent State by 95 and then go to the national championship. When we beat Kent State in football, I'm going to cry. It's going to be the greatest moment of my life. Electric chickens won't know what happened to them. <laughs> like, that's the title of today's episode. Electric chickens. Electric chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Teams just come up in every second. The downfall of the electric chickens. I don't like that. 2022. and everything. That's 2022. The one thing I don't like. 2022, the downfall of the electric We're chickens. We're getting the wagon wheel and back the rise, Akron. the rise of the Akron Zips. When we go to the national championship, man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. I mean, it sounds right. It does. Yeah. You're at University of Akron Zips. Yeah. National championship. That's such a good ring to it. It does. It does. It's happening. It's happening. But back to the championship game, Georgia. I love that they won. It was their first championship since 1980. I think that's probably the thing I love about it most, because for Alabama would have been last year. Yeah. <laughs> since last year. <laughs> they so were due Georgia, for it. Since 1980. They have the team. They have the talent. Did you guys see the play where, like, the defensive... I don't know the, the player's name, so sorry about that, but the two defensive players were keeping each other in check. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, it was like one, there were two linebackers, and the one linebacker missed coverage, and then the middle linebacker like slapped him in the helmet. And was like, "Hey, you need to get on that!" Like, oh, yeah, kind of aggressively too. And then the very next play, that guy, I think it was a sack that he had or something like that. But it was very inspiring. That whole defense, we're probably going to see most of those players in the NFL making plays just like that. So, especially if over ninety nine is on that team. Yeah, dude, it's huge. Did you see the the one Georgia player? They accidentally gave him an Alabama hat. I did. It's <laughs> embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Oh, I would have been so mad. You're not, have you guy. not seen the pictures? No, I didn't oh, know man. about that. Oh, it's hysterical. He, he, like, front of the camera, puts on his hat, and it's got the Alabama A on it. Speaking of, did we see the Dick Sporting Goods tweet? I saw it. I think I saw it because of you. I saw it at halftime, and I was sitting next to my friend. I was like, it's got to be rigged. 
It was like they already tweeted this, and I, then they deleted it immediately. It, it's hard to think it wasn't. Do you not know what we're talking about? I have, no, I'm Dick's, have no idea. Dick Sporting Goods, Not it was halftime, maybe not even halftime, tweeted a picture of the Georgia championship gear, and they said, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs on winning the national championship. All Order the, your gear now. All of the official licensed Georgia Bulldogs national championship gear, congratulate them. And I think Georgia was losing at the Georgia time. Georgia was the losing. Most. They were losing. And then as soon as I tweet, yeah. I replied to the tweet and said, whoa, this is kind of weird. I look up, and Georgia scores that 40-yard touchdown. And I was like, oh, man. It's like, they might be onto something Whoa. Here. Well, A, somebody there definitely lost their job for that. And B, it was deleted. What? It was deleted very quickly and then reposted yeah. at the end of the game. The exact same tweet. That's cr- I didn't know about that. That is that is Makes that's weird. Think. That's weird, Makes man. Think. I mean, they print out all the shirts and like hats and things anyways but yeah it's just crazy but yeah that's definitely it's embarrassing so to have the alabama hat out there <laughs> i would have kept it if i was him i would have taken my real georgia one and be like nah i'm, I'm gonna keep this one right here i mean I, I wouldn't blame him so with the college football season coming to an end it's time to talk about next year do we think changes will come to the college football playoff format? And do we want changes to come? I would like changes. I do think they will come. I do not think it will be next year. I think that it's going to take a little bit more processing and like working on what's going on with it. Because they already tried and the, the format or the proposal, it failed. So I think that eventually it's going to have to happen because teams like teams like Ohio State, like, I'm not just saying that because I'm an Ohio State fan. It's just the first team that came to mind. Like, those type of teams should not be left out of the playoff due to, like, having two losses. Two valid losses, too. So, yes, I think changes will come, but I do not think changes will come next season. I want the changes to come. I think that there needs to be less bowl games and for the bowl games to matter other than, like, just the two to go to the national championship. Because... There's just so many bowl games. But, like, it's like, the, like Ohio State, unless it's like the Rose Bowl or something, it's not going to matter to any of the players. But if you're a team like Akron, I mean, we go to, like, the Tax Act Bowl. It's the greatest thing ever. But get rid of all the bowls. Make the games matter. Expand the playoffs that way. Like you said, Ohio State had two losses. Very valid losses. They should have three, by the way, because we should have won that game. Um <laughs> We, hey, we scored first. We have that I'm first touchdown. I, I took I took a picture of the scoreboard when we scored first. There is proof that we scored first. I was at the soccer game that night, and the crowd got more hyped that we scored first. They got more hyped that we got a first down. I've done that in, like, classes <laughs> before in the past. This is off topic, but, like, they'll put in the first grade. It's like a syllabus quiz or something like that. So you see, like, 100 or A-plus next mm-hmm. to it. It was in high school. So it said 100% A-plus. It was, like, an AP class. So I took a screenshot of it. felt pretty <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs> Didn't finish with 100%, but I felt pretty good proud of myself. Do you guys feel proud of yourself having that screenshot seven to zero? I do. Oh, yeah. Ohio State. I was very proud for like to be, seven minutes. I was in the Ohio State student section with my Akron Zips jersey on, Good. and all the people around that. me were going, "Man, we are terrible. We're losing to Akron. They haven't won a single game in like three years." And I was screaming, jumping up and down. I was like, "Go Zips, go Zips!" <laughs> I love that. And how did that night end, Logan? Um, I left very, very irritated and was bullied out of the stadium. That's the thing I don't like about Ohio State fans. Fans aren't nice in general. No. Well, I know, but, like, Ohio State fans, like, dude, we're accurate. Chill. <laughs> like, give us own. some leeway, man. 
Yeah, our very own WCIP's Jeff Longville went to the Broncos-Browns game, and he's a Broncos fan, and we beat the Broncos, and he said he was being yelled at when he was walking to his car and, like, outside the stadium. I'm like, why? I got screamed at in Pittsburgh as a Browns fan. Like, crazy. Like, if you beat them, that's good enough. Like, the Browns beat the Broncos. That should be good enough. You don't have to say, oh, we beat, like, no. The Steelers thing that that was, I don't want to say it was justified because I was also at that game, and I was also just yelling at Browns fans. But I was in my bright orange Donovan Peoples-Jones jersey sitting there. People were gross. Man. Yeah, that's what you're wearing right now. I got out of there so quick. Bright yellow. Make fun of my big Benji. I will. I bought it just for that. Gonna, if you're going to make fun of our orange jerseys, I'm just going to make fun of yours. Yellow jerseys. Okay, that's, okay, that's understandable. There you go. But, it, it, okay, here's the thing. You're in, so you're in the NFL with the whole thing about getting yellow. But, by the way, I did watch a Texans fan at a Browns-Texans game get punched <laughs> for just going, we got a first down. Oh, my God, we're not completely awful. And some Browns would just turn around and nail them. Oh, <laughs> that's like two years ago. It was the funniest thing I've seen. I was like, this dude's holding his kid. It's like, yeah, we got a first down. Nah. Can fans just be <laughs> humble nowadays? We just watch the game. Right. <laughs> if it's a rivalry. I paid just as much to be there as you. Can we just watch the game? If it's a rivalry, <laughs> like if it's like Ohio State-Michigan, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like If, if it's Cleveland-Steelers, I get it. But if it's like Ohio State and the Akron Zips or like the Browns and the Texans, who cares? Like, did they really think that Akron wasn't going to get destroyed by right. Ohio State? Like, what did you hey, man. expect? For seven minutes. We, we called Kent State the Electric Chickens like eight times on today's show. Between <laughs> rivalries, it's fine. I See, will diss on Michigan any day of the week. I'm not going to diss on Michigan too hard. That's oh, I am. I'm, not, I'm not like the biggest Ohio State. They can celebrate their one win, but I can celebrate the years of misery they've had. Oh, they're I'm just going to run through them next year. Absolutely. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited for that. Ohio State's going to run through everybody next year. And I'm not just really? being a homer by saying that. So, do you feel confident saying that they're going to go to the Natty? I am confident in saying that they're going to win. Oh! Yeah. I'm going to oh. go as far as saying that Ohio State will be next year's college football national champions. Right. So we're getting a good old rematch of last year's game. Like I really it. do. The I mean, Zips and the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Natty. And for people <laughs> who think I'm being ridiculous or think that I'm a homer, let me explain, okay? <laughs> Ohio State will win the national championship for many reasons. One, we still have electric wide receivers. Don't forget the Rose Bowl game. Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. will lead this team so well. Also, I think C.J. Stroud probably had one of the best developing seasons maybe in college football history. I've never seen a quarterback play so badly in game one to so incredibly in the Rose Bowl, for example. In game one, even game one through like three or four, he was horrible. He was not accurate at all. I wanted him benched. I did, too. I was asking where Quinn Ewers was. Yeah, well, he's... I hate saying it, but I was. Where's Quinn now? Didn't he go back to Texas? Texas. Oh, man. That's my prediction. Realistically, I got this from my friend Joe Messina. We're going to see Texas versus Ohio State in the national championship. Quinn Quinn versus CJ. No. Stop it. You'll see. You'll see. Bold prediction. You'll see. No, I think realistically, like, and I want Cincinnati to do good too. Nah, really they're do. not getting back I, there. I really yeah. want them to, 
But let's be honest here, they only made it because they played nobody good. They only played could, Notre Dame, and that was it. I could see Cincinnati having like an LSU type thing where LSU won the national championship with Joe Burrow. And then the season after and seasons after they fire their head coach and are horrible. Like I could see it being that much of a drop off. I don't think they fire Fickle. I think Fickle leaves. Everybody's I, I everybody's it's saying he's not gonna leave, but I, I think if the opportunity comes up for him to go to like a USC or something like not USC now because of Lincoln Riley but if the opportunity comes up for him to go somewhere where he can get recruits in there way easier and market it way better I think he goes somewhere else I'll do it yeah, or if if Ryan Day somehow does jump to the NFL at some point which I don't think he will I don't think he he's already been to the NFL like it's not a it's not a cool experience for him anymore and he just saw his predecessor Urban Meyer get run out of the league so yeah. if but if he were to go jump to the NFL at some point I definitely think Luke Fickle would not pass the opportunity to come back to Ohio State I don't disagree with you uh, he is an incredible coach he really is I don't see the program, like, being ruined at all, but I definitely see I'm taking a step back, yes. even with him as the Especially as the with coach. them, like, changing conferences, too. Like, making that move, I think that's going to hit yeah. them hard. They will be the second-best team in that conference. Baylor will be number one. I agree with that. I agree because I think Cincinnati is going to lose a lot of players to where they are going to struggle, maybe even early on in the season, and they will be number two behind Baylor. I like that prediction. But going back to my national championship prediction, Ohio State, like I said, wide receivers are electric. C.J. Stroud could easily even win the Heisman next year. He's so accurate with the ball. He's so good at playmaking as well. But also, the schedule got released. I don't know if you guys saw Ohio State's schedule for next year. Five straight home games. Five straight home games to open the season. Ohio State has eight home games and four away games the entire season. What? Eight to four. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now I understand why. They opened the season against Notre Dame at home. Okay, that's that was one of... Have fun. That's, that's a dub. No, yeah, yeah, easily. That's our first of five straight home games to open the season. And then I think it's like one away, one home, and then it's two away, one home, two away, or something like that. We do play Michigan at home in the last game. Yeah, that's going to be a blowout. At the horseshoe, I like our chances. But eight home games, four away games. First five games are home. C.J. Stroud, electric wide receivers, give it to me now. Ohio State will be the national champions next year. What would you guys pick for your champions next year? Whether you agree with my pick with Ohio State and the reasons I gave where you want to go with Alabama or a safe pick or something else. Other than the Akron Zips, I would second your I would second you. I think that yeah, of course. the electricity of the receivers is insane. Brian Hartline is an out of this world wide receiver coach and I'm so glad that they promoted him to yep. being more more involved in the offense. And I think CJ Stroud takes a big step forward. I think Trey Henderson takes a big step forward. And now with all these new coaches I think our defense takes a huge step forward, which I think made the difference with this Ohio State team as to why they did not do as well as they could have. I'm really hoping so, because the defense was hard to watch this year. Secondary, specifically. Yeah. Terrible. It was so hard to watch, except for the, especially the first half of the Rose Bowl game yes. against Utah. My goodness, that quarterback run where we literally had the guy down and then he just like spins out and runs the entire field. It was just horrible, and they played that way the whole entire season. 
hopefully they can recruit some guys and get the right coaches in there to fix that. But, we did. Uh, we took Tim Walton, the corners coach from Cincinnati, brought him back to Ohio State. Okay. That's going to be helpful. Okay. Because they had a strong secondary, too. Okay. I have some faith in Ohio State's defense. I like it. I do, too. Pat, I, they will be the champs. I agree that Ohio State will go to the national championship. I don't think they're going to win it. Ooh. Who are they gonna I'm going to take a really hot take here. I think Oklahoma State could do it. I think they could because they were playing very well. I think I think they could do it. And I would like to see someone other than like Alabama and Georgia in the so, national championship. I think Oklahoma State could do it. Because they would, played really well. This is what I'm thinking, okay? I think that matchup is impossible because... <laughs> Think about it. It would be OSU versus OSU. That would I think be that awesome. causes too many problems. <laughs> that would be awesome. So like if they were to both make the playoff, say like seeds one through four, I think they would probably put them like one and four, two and three, to where they would have to play each other in the first round. That way we don't get like an OSU versus OSU and things get way too confusing. That would be awesome. Natty. I'm, I'm just saying, I think Oklahoma State I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain. We could figure out, like, who the real OSU is, even though it's always been Ohio State. It always will be Ohio State. But I do think Ohio State has the best chance at becoming the national champions next year. I do. And I also hope that the college football playoff format is different next year. I know it most likely won't be. I just hope for some change in the future. Um, if you guys had to pick, like, the size what would you guys pick? Like, how many teams would make the playoffs? 12. 12? It's a big number. I got to go with 12, too. Either 12 or 8. One or the other. I think we're going to get a little more interesting. I think we're going to, like, see slow growth towards that 12 number. I don't think we're gonna, just going to go to 12 right away. It I would see them going with, like, a 6 or 8 and maybe including some, like, bye weeks in there or something. It would be cool to see each winner from the Power 5 conferences all, all make it and then throw in a few, like... What what's that conference that Cincinnati's in right now? Whatever. Oh, man. oh um, it's like AAC, something like that. AAC yeah, or, or even like even throw in the MAC champion. Like just throw in like two smaller conferences at the end. I'd love to see it, and but just I just see, don't want to see it at the same time. <laughs> it, it, it just I just think it would be interesting to see conference champions plus a few outliers. I kind of like that. I do kind of like that. That's why I want the playoff to be expanded. You know, like with the play-in in the NBA, we saw a lot of teams that wouldn't be there be there and make some plays, and, like, it was more entertaining with the play-in, and that's why the NBA is continuing that. With the playoff, I think just including teams like Oklahoma State, um, throwing in Ohio State, even Utah, like, this year, that would have been mm-hmm. really entertaining. If that Rose Bowl game was a playoff game, they would have had more eyes on it, more attention. It would have been even bigger, the it's, win and everything. It's the title of the college football playoff that people want to watch. That's any yeah, bowl game exactly. that it, any right. bowl game that is labeled in the college football playoff is automatically going to get more attention than anything else. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I do want it to be expanded. I think it'll be more fun. And honestly, like, the college football playoff games this year were kind of bad, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yep. I agree. They were both blowouts. I was happy about the one because it was against that team up north. That was good. I that was, was, that was, was humbling. That one. Whether you're going to hate me, I was really hoping Michigan would win. That no, way we no. wouldn't get Bama and Georgia. Mm-hmm. That was the only reason I, I will never root for Michigan, ever. See, I, I think can't. Bama and Georgia was fine because you had that whole, like, rematch aspect to it. Yeah, well... When I, when I was going into that game, uh, I thought it was going to be a blowout again. That's why I was not happy. I was like, I yeah. don't want to watch Georgia get steamrolled again. 
and watch Alabama win again, so throw another team in there. Don't give them what they want, but then Michigan and Cincy both blew it. Yeah. Cincy wasn't going to win. Did we really think Cincy had that much of a chance, though? I did. I... I, I thought they wouldn't get blown out. I thought they would lose, but I thought it would be close at least. I thought it would be close. I, can see that. I thought that they had a chance because I was like, well, if they show up, Alabama might not think anything of it. Like, oh, we're just going to blow them out. And they go into that game cocky, and they would win. That's what I was thinking. I was wrong. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Well, congratulations to Georgia, this year's college football national champion. We will see these zips. In the College Football National Championship next year. Yes. Yep. Zip yes. all the way. We are going to go to break, though. When we come back, we will talk Browns football, NFL, and Pat has a hot take to share with all of us. And we'll discuss that and more only on 88.1 WZIP. What's going on, everybody? We are back with Sports Power Talk on WZIP, the best sports talk show there was, is, and ever will be. Joining me today is Pat Weber. Let's go, Steelers. And Logan Congrove. FTC. <laughs> Flight team stand up. I do not like what you said, Pat, but hey, we'll, get, hey. we'll get to it. <laughs> we got a lot to go through in this final half an hour of Sports Power Talk including the Browns' finish to the season. They did beat the Bengals, the winner of the AFC North, but they finished the season 8-9 and and outside of the playoff picture nonetheless. Did did anybody see the AFC North playing out this way? No. No. I thought the Browns would be number one. I took Steelers at two. That's because I have faith in my team. Um, I thought the Bengals were going to be last. I thought they were going to get like four wins, maybe five. Yeah, I was right there with you. Um, I had it Browns, Ravens, Steelers, Bengals, I believe, going into the season. I think that was like the most logical way of going about the AFC North. Instead, we get Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Ravens. Man, the Ravens took a step back. I'm just happy they finished last. I really don't like the Ravens. I am at all. I don't hate the Ravens too, too much. Lamar Jackson is the most overrated quarterback of all time. That's the thing, like, quarterback. He's a running Running back. back. He's a running back. (laughs) There's something to say about, like, Baker Mayfield and his toughness in staying out there on the field, which we'll get to. But, like, I feel like Lamar Jackson could have done the same thing with his team and maybe got them to the playoff. Like, we don't know about, like, the severity of the injury and all that. But, like, if you really are determined to get out there on the field, whether it's a foot injury or not, I feel like you can get out there on the field, especially when your team needs you and needs to win a game or two to get in the into the postseason. I feel like he could have done that. I feel like it shows a lot of character in Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. I agree. That's just my... I will say, though, I think Tyler Huntley... Is better than Lamar Jackson. He I don't can throw the ball. That, that's why I say that. I don't. I don't necessarily think so. Tyler Huntley will not be a backup for much longer. Somebody yeah, will take him. I agree with that. But like Lamar Jackson, he. The thing is, he was listed as questionable. After he could have returned in the Browns game, he wasn't even rolled out immediately. He was questionable going into the second half of the, Brown, of the Browns game when he got injured, and then every single game the rest of the season he was listed as questionable until like the Thursday Friday where he was rolled out or whatever. But, like, if you're not on the IR or rolled out immediately starting the week, that means there was a chance that you were going to play. And if there's a chance that you were going to play in a game that your team needed you and needed to win, I think you go out there and play. 
That's just my opinion on the matter. I agree on that. Me too. Speaking of the AFC North, though, we'll go more into the Browns. Obviously, we all had them at number one going into the season with the AFC North. Instead, they finished third and outside of the postseason picture. There are many problems with this team, but do you guys specify, like, one problem that was wrong with this team all season long, or is it just a culmination of many things going wrong? Bad play calling, injured quarterback, but, I mean, props to him for keeping on playing, I guess, even though I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan at all. Um, bad play calling, injured quarterback, terrible secondary, other than Denzel Ward, he's he's a beast. And... Terrible, yeah, terrible defensive coordinator, too. Joe Woods has got to go. That dude is the worst defensive coordinator in the entire league. I agree with everything, but I will say I think the biggest problem was as a head coach with, like, Kevin Stefanski, you have to know that if your quarterback is that hurt, that you're just going to bench him. Because I think think you were going to finish the same way either way, even if you had Case Keenum. I think there would be some games that weren't as bad, but, and you possibly make the playoffs, but I don't agree with keeping Baker in. I respect I him either. for doing it. Don't get me wrong. Like, as like an NFL fan, it's like, okay, respect. You know, you're trying to tough it out for the team, but you've got to know. Yeah. As a head coach, and then even as a player, it's like, you've got to know when to step back. I do agree with you. You know, his toughness is something to admire, but to a certain extent, it can also be a drawback. And you see this in, like, especially combat sports, like UFC and boxing. A fighter will be torn apart, damaged to all belief, barely able to stand but his corner like won't pull the plug, won't throw in the towel, won't stop the fight. Just let their fighter be tough and go out there and face more damage. I feel like it goes two ways. I feel like the coaching staff and Kevin Stefanski should have seen him and be like, okay, what if we sit you for like two weeks even? It could have been two weeks and maybe something would have happened. I know his injury could only be repaired through surgery and it wasn't something that maybe two weeks would have done anything and that's fine. But I feel like it goes two ways, and either Stefanski could have made a decision or Baker could have done something for his own good and made a decision about his playing as well. But if I were to put it on one thing, I would say discipline. I like the play calling, and I like the poor quarterback play as well as, like, those two are probably number one and two, play calling and poor quarterback play even though it was injured, because I am a Baker Mayfield fan. Sorry, Logan. I'm not. Um, but it's okay. But the we can still be friends. The discipline of this team was horrible all season long. I remember a couple of years ago, Jarvis Landry stood up in a room and yelled at the entire team, saying this, that, and everything, and made the culture of the Browns a winning culture once again. First time in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Winning culture for the Browns, those two things don't mix. It did when Jarvis Landry arrived. That's why I love Jarvis Landry, and we should keep him. I don't care what anybody says. But anyways, there was none of that discipline this year. You saw Jadavion Clowney throw a shoe in, a, in one of the games. That was really funny. It was funny. That, that was, was really, really it was dumb. Funny in a game in a game that didn't really mean much. Well, it didn't mean much for the Browns. Yeah, it meant a lot for the Steelers. It was, it was kind of funny. It was Ben's last game, and we were still playing for the playoffs. I went to the Cardinals game with Dan, and... There, one, there was one whole drive for the Cardinals where they went down the field pretty much only on penalties. The whole drive was just penalty yardage. And they scored a touchdown, and then the Browns were down by like 14 to 17 all the time through that game, and just no comeback possible. Just the discipline in this team, and I think that goes a lot on Kevin Stefanski as well. Just building that culture, getting everybody on the same page. You even see Browns players on Twitter all the time 
going out and saying negative things like John Johnson was saying run the ball to Chubb in a lot of the games that he was sitting out. Just they need to get the winning culture back and to be all on the same page. Going into the offseason, though, if there was there's many priorities for this team, getting on the same page would be one of them. But if you could pick one offseason priority for the Browns to focus on the most, what would it be? I would have to say they definitely they need to Baker Mayfield needs to have his surgery and he needs to just rest. But other than that, I would say we need to staffing wise, we probably need to think about a new defensive coordinator with Joe Woods. I'm very anti Joe Woods. I think that his play calling is terrible. I think his handling of the defense in general is terrible. My my hopeful pick would be go get Brian Flores, but he's going to want to be a head coach again. There's no way he's taking a defensive coordinator position. But I think staffing-wise, Joe Woods on the field, I think we need to work on just discipline in general. Mm-hmm. Pat, I think, and I know you don't, you're not going to like this, I think you should look to start trading some people. Um, and as bad as it sounds, start exploring the idea of possibly trading for a new quarterback. We're drafting one, I'm just saying. And I also, I know, not a big fan of this, but trade Jarvis Landry. He's getting up there in age. He didn't really do a whole lot this year. And I think if you trade him, move up in the draft a little bit, take Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. Jake's over there smiling and waiting to respond to that one. I I don't like the way this conversation has gone. Because on one hand, you guys are saying draft another quarterback, which I hate. And on the other hand, you guys are saying trade Jarvis Landry, which I also hate. And also, Joe Woods, I'm not totally against him. In the beginning of the season, I was. Don't get me wrong. Terrible. We gave up so many points like the Chargers Chargers and Chiefs and some other teams as well. But he kept us in games with the defense late in the season. When our offense was completely broken, and I mean broken to an extent that it wasn't even repairable, our defense kept us in a lot of games. So I'll give them props on that. But if I were to give one offseason priority for the Browns, I really want to say re-sign Clowney because that needs to be one. That I want to say that, but I'm going to keep it simple. Kevin Stefanski, everybody in the Browns staff, just draft an OSU wide receiver. That's all I ask. I don't care if it's Garrett Wilson. I don't care if it's Chris Olave. Just draft an Ohio State wide receiver, and I'll be happy. I'll buy their jersey, and I'll give you a little merchandise sales. How about that? So okay. draft the Noah Sea wide receiver. That's all I want. That's all I want. And then we'll go that. from there. Speaking I actually want a lot more, but that's all I want now. I'll say that. I want to say one thing. Speaking of defense, yeah, you know the uh, NFL awards came out and everything? Oh, God. Here I go. am. Here we go. I am all over. TJ Watt is the best defensive mm. player to ever touch mm. a football. Mm. Ever. Ever. Okay. Everybody is the, the best. sack leader. That was a sack. I don't care what anyone said. Here's the thing. Oh, he here comes it. Here it comes. Hold on. He broke it twice in the game. First time, Cameron Hayward. I don't know why he felt like he had to go kill Tyler Huntley like that and got unnecessary roughness. And then the second time, that was a sack. I don't care. That was that was a bad snap. Mm. Tyler got the ball back. TJ Watt got the tackle. That's a sack. Excuses so, is all I'm hearing. First thing I want to say about this is, wasn't he out for a couple games earlier on in the season? Yeah, TJ Watt missed. If you take. Two games that he left halfway through with injury. He missed, I think, three or four games. Okay. So I respect him, at least. When people break records in, like, the 17th game, I kind of just, like, roll, like roll my eyes a little bit. 
because they just get another game to break a record that a that the record holder didn't have a chance to. I think this. Fair. I think that like adding a second or like another game should just open up an entire new. I agree. Record. I completely agree with you. Like that extra game. Fresh. Yeah, that extra game give gives way too many leeway for players to break way too many records. Way too many. But I agree with you for the most part that yes, we need a whole new record book for seventeen game seasons. It should happen. That's all. I agree. But. Moving on from the rounds, though, Pat, you have a hot take, so go ahead and deliver it to us, and we will see if we agree. So, my hot take is I think that four of the five uh, rushing leaders will all be from the AFC North, because I, I feel like Jonathan Taylor's either going to get hurt or just have an off season. because Derrick Henry's going to win, because he's just good, but I think it's going to go Nick Chubb after that Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, and Najee Harris. I could see it. So four of the next five rushing leaders next year in the NFL will be from the AFC North. Yes. Those four rushers, like you said, would have to be Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, and then a returning J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens. This season, to my surprise, actually, when I looked this up, the leading rushers this year, number one, Jonathan Taylor, but then number two, it's Nick Chubb and then Joe Mixon, Najee Harris. So three of them are already in the top four. And then Dalvin Cook is number five for this year. I could see J.K. Dobbins making that leap into the top five in the AFC North. I just see other guys like Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, maybe even Ezekiel Elliott or Austin Eckler might have a breakout year, even though I don't necessarily see that happening because those offenses are more like pass heavy. I'm going to say no as like my gut response to that but I can see it happening it's not like a very confident note okay I would agree with Jake I think I don't see Jonathan Taylor falling off like that I think Jonathan Taylor is extremely elusive on by the way I don't know why pro football focus rated Damian Harris higher than Jonathan Taylor but whatever what yeah what yeah that's insane. They're, However, that's really dumb. I'm, I'm going to go with the. It's not a hard no, but I don't. I just don't see Jonathan Taylor falling off like that, and I don't see. I love J.K. Dobbins, but I don't see him making that big of a leap. I do agree. I think Najee Harris makes it. I think Nick Chubb stays, and I think Mixon makes it again. Yeah, but I just don't see Jonathan Taylor falling off like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Pat, but we don't agree with you for now. But a lot of it like, rests on like an injury, which I feel like injuries happen every year to star running backs like Derrick Henry this year. So it could happen, but we'll have to wait and see and for he, next. And year. even when Derrick Henry got hurt, he was still in like the top five for five, four or five weeks. Yes, yeah. next couple weeks he was still like yeah the top rushing leaders. Yeah, it was insane. Tells you just how good Derrick Henry is. So, the NFL regular season wrapped up last week. Week 18 of the NFL. The first week 18 of the NFL in its history. And so many games last week that were so entertaining. Steelers beat the Ravens 16-13 to in overtime. The Colts season was ruined at the hands of Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Thank you, Jaguars. Yeah. From the bottom of my heart, thank the- you so much. The 49ers beat the Rams 27-24 in overtime to claim a playoff spot. And then, of course, the probably the game of the year, the Raiders beat the Chargers 35-32 to in overtime. It begs the question, was this the most entertaining week of football in NFL history? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. By far. I was not expecting guesses from that. I don't think I've ever been more nervous watching, like, games of teams I don't like. Especially the Chargers game. I was... Man, they were ready to, they were ready to tie that oh. game, and the Chargers messed it up. I... Oh. I was so Do you nervous. Think the timeout like actually played a factor into it. Though? I think it did. Well, because in the post game interview, um, the Raiders coach was kind of saying like we were considering healing it, and he's like, but then they called a timeout, like, so we'll just take the win. I guess I mean, you're it, knocking out a division rival. So I guess it did, but at the same time, like if it was the like Steelers Browns, it's the same type of rivalry game. I would want the Browns to do that same exact thing: score the field goal, knock the Steelers out, goodbye. Yeah, like it'd be the same thing. So I just hate the fact that accidentally they almost tied and I really don't like I that. I just think it's hilarious that the game oh even went God. into overtime in the first place. I was talking so much trash when there's like nine seconds left in the game. I was like, yep, we're going to the playoffs. Yeah. Chargers aren't going to do anything. I look at my phone and I just see touchdown Chargers and I'm just like, oh, are you got to be kidding me. Just the fact that it went into overtime was hysterical. And the fact oh. that it got down to a overtime ending field goal win for the Raiders it was phenomenal. How how nervous were you watching that game as a student? I was fan? so oh my, I was so nervous, and it made me mad because I watched it on my phone, and then my phone just like cut off. Like yeah. I was watching ESPN, and it just stopped. My phone froze. I was like, what just happened? But I've never been that nervous ever. And now you have the Chiefs. I don't want to talk. How about do you feel that. about? That? I don't want to talk about that. That's gonna be. So You're gonna bad. have to. It's gonna be so bad. <laughs> You're gonna have to in just a minute. But first, before we get to the wild card action. I want to talk about what is commonly referred to as Black Monday and some other head coach firings around the NFL as well. I'll run through a couple of them here really quickly. So the Texans fired head coach David Coley, Giants fired head coach Joe Judge, the Vikings fired Mike Zimmer and the GM, the Bears fired head coach Matt Nagy and their GM as well. In a surprise, the Dolphins fired head coach Brian Flores, and the Broncos fired Vic Vangio. And then lastly, the Raiders are still kind of up in the air with head coach. I think it's Rich Bisakia. So out of these head coach firings, which one do you think was, like, most justified? Joe Judge. Judge, I completely agree with you. Joe Judge should never have been the head coach of the Giants at all. I completely agree with you. (laughs) I know a lot of people would say Matt Nagy. But I think Joe Judge was so warranted. That was there was no reason he should have been the head coach. I like the Matt Nagy firing because they also fired their GM. Yes, but for the Giants, that third and nine call, right there and then, I would have fired him in the middle of the game. Gone. Go home early. <laughs> and all the OC for the game. The all the coach. players and stuff where they were saying like, we don't really want this guy to be our head coach. You got to listen to your players at that point. Why would if you want your team to do good and your players are saying, I hate this guy. Why is he still your head coach? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, for you, Pat, it's definitely Matt Nagy. Yeah, he not about this. So bad. I I blame him for why Justin Fields isn't doing great in his rookie year. I blame Matt Nagy. That's such a bad coach. So bad. Where do we think Brian Flores is going to end up? Because that was definitely a big surprise. Where do you think he's going to end up? Texans. Texans? I, I would second up. that. All right. I do feel bad for the uh, Texans, like head coach. He had one year. Give, I, give him, it was give ridiculous. Him like, I saw a report that they only hired him because they didn't like any of the candidates on the market, and they knew they were going to fire him at the end of the year. That's just messed up, bro. Horrible. I feel bad for him. Like, I really do. Give speaking, that man a chance. Yeah. Speaking of the Texans head coach position, though, a former Steelers player interviewed for the position this week. Pat, as a Steelers fan, I want you to guess who the Steelers former player was 
before I reveal it. I know the answer. I don't. I, I'm, I'm trying to run through a list of players I think would be coach. It's not someone you would probably think of first. If you got to give us one. If I got to go, I can give two that I would be. Narrow it down. Narrow it down. Um, I'd either go Troy Polamalu because I could see him being a coach or Jerome Bettis. Well, you're wrong on both accounts, so it doesn't matter. Who was it? Heinz Ward. What? Heinz Ward got an interview. Heinz Ward interviewed for the Texans head coach spot. Didn't I say Heinz Ward when we were talking about this earlier? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, you did. I would take. I think that'd be cool. I like Heinz Ward. I love And that Heinz man Ward gave so me much. nightmares because of just how good he was. I love Heinz Ward so much. Great player. Terrible team. Hey. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, we'll see if he becomes the Texans head coach. Maybe. Maybe Ryan Flores. We'll have to see about that. Going on to the wild card games that happened yesterday. The first one featured the AFC North champion Bengals beating the Raiders 26 19. Any quick takeaways from the Bengals win? Terrible officiating. Terrible officiating. They announced it. They announced today that those refs will not ref the remainder of the postseason. Oh, oh man, that's kind of hard. Yeah. I I thought the game was good. I mean, good for the Bengals. You know, if you haven't won a postseason game in like 31 years, good for them. Um, Derek Carr don't like you. Why would you throw in a double coverage? I, I said, I was like, I feel like this game is going to go into overtime and just throw in a double coverage. Yeah, that's why they did. Oh, so disappointed. I'm really happy for the Bengals. It was their first playoff win in 31 years. And I think Jamar Chase is rookie of the year. He had 116 receiving yards. Please give him the rookie of the year. Don't make it Mac Jones, please. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. And then last night, the second wild card game, the Bills dominated the Patriots. 47 to 17, a 30 point win. I love that. Call the ambulance. Oh, I love Call that. Call the ambulance. Really bad. Send Bill Belichick to the retirement home. It's time. Get him the, out of there. The Bills had a perfect offensive night. They were the first NFL team with seven or more touchdowns, no punts, and no turnovers in a playoff game. Whoa. Josh, the first seven drives were all touchdown drives. That Josh Allen only had four incompletions the whole game. Four incompletions and five touchdowns. He had more touchdowns than he did incompletions. That's insane. Insane. Those are, I might I might change who I have in the Super Bowl. Bills are going to be I a team to it. beat. Bills are going to be a team. And they're going to play at home a lot, too. Bill Belichick will be the next head coach of the New York Giants. <laughs> No. You'll see. He no, loves no. it there. No. He no, loves no, it there. No. no, no he no. loves it there. That's like, there's that's a like video Tom of Tom Brady's going to go to the Jets. There's a happen. video of him saying how much he loved coaching in New York, how much he loves the Giants, how much he loves the organization. And now he just got blown out of the playoffs. Oh, but you're, be, but at least you have hope. He's no, he's not going to get fired. He's I don't think he's going to get fired. Shiny rings. He'll be fine. Well, the, but the thing you're thinking about is like, why would you go to the Giants? You have at least a future with the Patriots. Not with Daniel Jones. Challenge. It's the worst one of the Jones. Yeah. That's all I have to say. The Bills will definitely be a team to beat in the AFC. But the other wild card games going on today and tomorrow night. There's three today, one tomorrow night to finish the wild card weekend. We'll start it off with the first game. It's the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who do you guys like and why? I like the Buccaneers because of two words. Tom Brady. That's all that matters. Enough said, yeah. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Eagles might be able to pull off an upset. No way. I think they can. Nah. Are you picking the Eagles? I'm picking the Eagles. Oh, oh I'm picking the Eagles. I, I I, think they can do it. I'm always, like, a believer of you have to pick at least one upset because one upset is going to happen. Yeah. But this is not going to happen. 
I think it could. Tom Brady is Plus not going Tom Brady to lose. Tom Brady is not going to leave the NFL playoffs in week one. There's no way it's gonna happen. You never know. You never know. I think the Eagles can do it. I think they can. I don't think so. I feel good about the Eagles. It's not gonna happen. They're, the Buccaneers are gonna win because, like Logan said, two words Tom Brady. <laughs> Enough said about that. You don't have faith in Jalen Hurts? I do not. What have do you have any doing? <laughs> faith in Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in this no. one? The next game is the 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to run all over the 49ers. There's no question about that. You can't you can't stop. You can't stop that offense. Mm, Nick Bosa probably has something to say about that. No. No. Stop. I'm going to go with the 49ers. I also went with the 49ers. Y'all just not on my side today. No. <laughs> Look, if I had to pick one potential upset of Wild Card Weekend, it would be this one. I don't see okay. another upset happening. That's why I mainly picked the 49ers, but also I saw what they did last week, and it was impressive. And I can see them squeaking out with another one in the I just, wild card. Round. I don't. I think the Cowboys have it. That's just me. Because their defense is also pretty good. Yeah. They might. Think. Game. It'll, it'll be a good game. It'll it be will really be. Game. It will be. I think it'll be right down to the wire. Um, game three tonight. Steelers at Chiefs. <laughs> Pat, I'll have you go oh. first on this one. How about you go first? I'm in the same spot I was uh, when the Browns were playing the Steelers on Monday uh, for Ben's last home game. I really want to take the Steelers. I'm not going to because the Chiefs are... They, they already killed us once without Travis Kelsey. Now they have Travis Kelsey. But you have Juju. That, that's not going to mean... He's just going to go make TikToks with Corvette, Jackson Mahomes. Corvette. He's just going to go make TikToks with Jackson Mahomes, dude. It, it's the TikTok bowl. It's what this game is going to be. And the, the Chiefs are winning. I'm going to gear up for Ben's last game. Yeah. We're going to cry. So you're picking so the Chiefs? Sad. I'm picking the Chiefs. All right, Logan, how about you? I'm picking the Chiefs. Cannot wait to attend Roethlisberger's retirement party. Send them out. It's going to be great. Bye-bye. It's going to be smiling, happy. I nice. would feel better if Ben had faith in our team, but the fact that he went out was like, yeah, we're not a good team. We shouldn't even be here. Yeah, that was... Oh, we're going to go play for fun. I'm like, you can try, man. Like, yeah, it's your last little... playoff run. That Have was a little faith. discouraging, definitely. I do like the Chiefs as well. They won 36-10 to 10 against the Steelers previously this year. Um, with Juju back, I'll say 36-17. to 17. That's my final score prediction. Yeah, next touchdown in there. Yeah. Juju's got to catch one. Maybe. We'll see. He'll no, catch one. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Last game of Wild Card Weekend, Monday Night Football. First playoff game on Monday night. It'll be the Cardinals at the L.A. Rams. How do you guys see this one playing out? Rams. I think as much as I do not want to say it, I think Odell has a good game. And I think the Rams pull it out. I think the Rams are going to pull it out, too. I think their defense is just too much of a factor to go up against that Cardinals offense. I think their defense is just going to shut down Kyler Murray. I agree with both of you. But when I was thinking of, like, my one upset, this would be the other one I would consider. The Cardinals play so well on the road. And Kyler Murray can make any play known to man. But that Rams defense, like you guys said, is so good, so dynamic. I do like the Rams winning at home and moving on in the NFC South picture. So I'll do it for our show. Any last thoughts on today's show, gentlemen? And we're on the stairway to seven for the Steelers. The Miami Heat 2022 NBA champs. Book it. Stop. Book it. You guys are ridiculous. All right. Book it. You heard it from him. Yeah. We'll see. We have to. We'll see. If someone... Someone record that I said that. We'll see. You'll all see.
Well, I got to say, go Zips. We got three games this week. Hopefully, we sweep them, go 3 0, get our MAC conference title this year back. Hopefully, we'll see how that goes. Cavs, keep on doing your thing. Got three games this week. Two of them are not going to be easy. One might be. We'll see how that goes. And then NBA All Star. Get Darius Garland in the All Star game, people. Please vote for him. He deserves it. And then the Browns. Draft a, a draft a OSU wide receiver, please. That's all I ask of you. And then we'll figure out some things down the road. And then for the NFL, Ben Roethlisberger, I don't wish you goodbye. Oh, just come leave. on, just leave and never. Don't hate grace. and never, never to be heard from again. Never grace my TV screen again. Don't, Actually, don't even show don't up. Hate, don't grace don't it. Just don't even show up. It's it's don't hate great. the man. I will hate the man. No, you don't have to. Can't stand him though. <laughs> That'll do it for us. My name is Jake Murren. Joining me was... I'm Patrick Weber. And... Logan Congrove. This was Sports Power Talk. We'll see you same time, same place next week, only on WZIP.